Good morning, good morning, here I am, Brenda Shoshana, back again, <clears throat> and again, and again, <laughs> with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And I'm thrilled to be here with all of you, and thank you again for listening. Thank you for sending your emails, the discussions, the questions, they're wonderful. And your comments, I appreciate everything so much. It's just a joy to share the preciousness of Zen wisdom and how it really is your everyday life. It's not separate from this very moment, from this life, from whatever you're wanting today, whatever you're rejecting today, whatever you're hoping for today. Right in the middle of that, we practice. And what in the world is practice? That's a very big koan in Zen training, and and a koan, let me just say what that is for those who may be just tuning in, and even for those who've been practicing for many years, 50 years, it takes a long time to really understand or to see what a koan is, and we keep seeing it as we go along in a little different way each time. Well, a koan is simply a question that we think we don't have an answer to. It's, it's a so-called problem, dilemma, obstacle, and we kind of bang our head against the wall trying to solve it. That's the nature of our life. Actually, everything that we cannot let go, everything that we cannot see through, everything that we cannot just swim with, be with, that takes us, it grabs us, that's a koan. And how we try to answer it, solve it, work with it, that is the way we practice with our life. Excuse me. And in Zen training, we are taught another way of receiving the koans that life gives us every single day. You know, when we think we have, we understand everything, and we think we have it all wrapped up, and we think we're smarter (laughs) than that, and we know how to handle it, and we know what's coming next, then we're not really approaching it as a koan. We're approaching it as a problem or a situation or an issue that we have to solve. However, that approach often leaves us frustrated, upset, confused, with ways of responding that are not entirely congruent with the situation, they're not satisfying, or maybe with the ways we respond to our so-called problems, just create more problems, which is very common. So when we take it, instead of taking it as a problem, when we take it as a koan, we just stop all that. We stop, I mean, in the beginning, when you work with a koan that your teacher gives you, of course, you do exactly that. You, you grapple with it the same way that you grapple with everything in your life. And it really doesn't work. And, of course, you keep running back to the teacher with different answers. He says, come, bring me the, bring me the answer. Not tell me the answer. Bring me the answer. Show me the answer. That right in there is an amazingly wonderful instruction on working with koans or on working with life as a koan. Bring me the answer. He's not saying, come and talk to me about it. He's not saying, I don't want to hear a million ideas about it. If you do that, 
and you will in the beginning, the first 20 years or so maybe. Then he just rings a little bell and says, no, no, not yet, not yet. Leave. You leave the meeting. You're not ready yet. The koan hasn't cooked you yet. The problem hasn't permeated. Of course, he would never say problem, but, and he wouldn't even say the koan hasn't cooked you yet. I'm just saying that in reflecting on this process or on sharing this process, because when we ask what is training, we have to say training is knowing in our bones that every moment is a kind of koan and how to receive it. Not to try to figure it out, create a strategy about it, not to try to find an answer even. There may not be an answer. <laughs> or, the, or the response is different from an answer. How to respond to it. How to fall in love with it. You could fall in love with your so-called problems too. How to have fun with it. How to play with it. And, and when we say it, we mean life itself. It's a, it provides, and training provides a really totally different orientation and, a, and way to receive our life, to enjoy our life, and to be with all that comes to us. So that, yes, of course, at times we feel angry, upset, frightened, all of that, of course, but we don't cling to that. And we don't give it that much credence when we're looking at everything as a koan instead. So let's go a little more into what is training then. Well, and how do we interact with life as a manifestation or as an outcome of Zen training? That's an also, oh, that, that's a wonderful question. There's no one answer to it. That's the first thing we learn in Zen, that... We get thrown many questions. How do you do this? What's the outcome of that? Well, what would we do now? That's all of these questions that create great anxiety within ourselves, and we measure ourselves then by how we answer them. But the first step in real Zen training is forget about it. Forget about these questions. Don't, you don't have to respond to them with a knee-jerk reaction. How do I do this? How do I do that? No answer. No answer. And that's why we often just sit. The silence. We're stopping that mind that's constantly trying to figure everything out and create a strategy and create a plan. We're just stopping it. We're responding to it with silence. We're looking at it. We're listening to it. But we're not getting caught in it. We're not going to get trapped in it. Instead, we're going to open up an entirely different part of our being, the part that already knows exactly what to do. And here we talk about the root, the real root that Zen training is based upon. And that root is... The part of us, the, we would call it the one within who knows the way. It's just a fancy way of saying and our whole being. We were going returning, returning to the root of our being. And we're getting in touch with the root of our being in a very different way, not by 
jumping into our thoughts, not by trying to understand something, but by experiencing, deeply experiencing, tasting, swallowing, chewing up whatever is brought to us, taking it in, not spitting it out, really just saying yes, yes to whatever comes, but not just saying it verbally or intellectually. That's why we become quiet and we don't move when we're doing zazen, so that we can actually experience, taste, become one with whatever appears. Absorb it. Take a bath in it. Now, our, so we are working with our koan by digesting it, by becoming one with it, by, by taking good care of it. And then we allow it to be revealed. <laughs> now, that is one of the most important points of this practice. <clears throat> Rather than tell something what to do, who you are, what I want, what I need. No, no, no. We become quiet, which has actually become very deeply respectful. We listen with every pore of our being. We taste with every pore of our being. We actually become one with the person, the experience, the question, whatever it is. No judgments, no rejection, no grabbing at it, no pushing it away. And that is exactly what the posture of Zazen is, just present, available, open, quiet, not jumping around. It's saying, here I am. I love that so much. Isn't that beautiful? Here I am. I love that. Now, how, how many times in life when something comes to us do we just say, here I am, and then be quiet and listen and be with the experience, the person, the pain, whatever, the confusion. Just welcome it. Be with it in your whole entire being. When you do, and as you do, and as you grow able to do this more and more, and that, I believe, is really what the heart of sitting is. The more we sit year by year, year after year, the more it permeates us, the more this ability to just be quiet, to accept, to receive, to allow, to taste life. And to, and then, of course, the, the, the response to the so-called problem or question a person, it arises very, very naturally. It arises organically. It arises from a whole other part of ourselves. Just the way, you know, I've been kind of quarantined for a little while out here in the woods with, a, with someone in my family. <clears throat> and um, I do Zazen in a room, beautiful little room here with a glass window. And there is, when I got here, there were no buds on the trees yet. And But there was this branch outside my window. It was a bare branch. And I would sit looking. I would look at it or I would see it as I sat was where I was. And um, over the month, it's about, been about a month and a half, almost two months, all of a sudden, suddenly a bud appears by itself. 
And, and today that bud has bloomed, actually, opened. Wow, what a teaching. <laughs> Except usually we're not available to really watch and be with and absorb that process. And that process is exactly the process of our life itself and the process of training and working with koans. Nothing special, but very special. You might say, well, what's so special? A dead branch, and then a bud comes, and then it opens and blooms. Happens all the time. And yes, if you look at the woods, this is happening on many, many branches all over the place. But are we really available to see that, to be with that, to participate in that? Usually not. Maybe we're busy counting the trees or we're looking for some special kind of tree or putting some demand on it or measuring it or whatever we're doing. We're too busy to be with the fundamental power and beauty of life itself. <clears throat> so also what the heart of Zen training is, is to decrease our busyness. Less busy, less, less, less busy. Actually, less busy, more blossoms. <laughs> it, it, we, it might not seem that way, but you think if we run around and do a million things, then everything will get done. But no, 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 everything is already being done. <laughs> it's getting done. The tree is blooming. It had nothing to do with you. You don't have to run around. That tree will bloom. Why not participate in it? Why not really, really absorb that and the koan that that is providing a a response to. There we have a koan, a bare branch, looked like it was dead, like nothing was happening, like it was cut off from life. And boom, all by itself, it blossoms. Of course, it's not all by itself. It's participating in the incredible wonder of this world, the energy, the sun, the rain, the interconnectedness of life. And the roots that we don't see, very, very active in the earth, providing nourishment for that branch as well. So just like the roots, we are also being nourished by our deeper roots, which we cannot see. And as we sit and sit and as we train, that we allow ourselves to receive that nourishment more and more and more and be more and more grateful for it as well, and be more in touch with it. Be more in touch with it. There's a beautiful koan or saying in Zen practice, which is, after someone thinks they're all trained, all ready, they run to the teacher, presenting whatever they have to present, and the teacher says, no, 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 go practice for another 30 years. (laughs) I love that. It's such an important statement. No hurry. Every moment is precious. How else would you spend the next 30 years? Or the next 30 days or the next 30 months? Practice. Become ripe like this branch. So not only you, but your life can bloom. Thank you again for listening. It's It's really lovely to be sharing with you. The URL for this website 
for this podcast, and there are many, many other episodes, is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. And also, there's a book you might want to get called Zen Play, which I've written recently, called Zen Play, Instructions on Becoming Fully Alive. It's on Amazon. And if you want to write to me or if you'd like to communicate about any questions, any thoughts, anything like that, please do. I'm always loving that kind of contact and to communicate back with you. My my email is topspeaker at yahoo.com. And I wish you a very, very beautiful day. Thank you.